Welcome to another Fragments of Silicon review. Uh, just one this week. And Yay. <laughs> Good, because my phone doesn't have tons of battery in it. Noted. But, yeah, so this week we're reviewing a game called Meridian Squad 22. Uh, it was... We don't know what happened to the first 21, but perhaps it's best not to ask. Well, on that note, it is a sequel to something. Oh. I'm trying to remember because I, I remember seeing like two meridians on the uh, on the uh, Steam storefront. But There's a meridian age of adventure, age of invention, and a meridian new world. Uh, it's but meridian. I don't know if those are related. Yeah, um, meridian uh, new world was the first one, mm-hmm. and that came out in 2013. I want to say no, it was 2014. Like and so the, this is the follow up. Now, admittedly, I really can't say anything to the game because honestly, I didn't know it existed until I got the uh, press releases for uh, Meridian Squad 22. Yeah, th- this was a game that was gifted to us by our good friends at Head Up Games. Uh, they're a publisher we work with quite often these days. In fact, well, uh, well, it comes from uh, Head Up Games, Merge Games, and Elder Games. I believe Elder Games is the actual developer, and they're the ones we're interviewing on Thursday. Yeah, they're the ones that's listed under under Steam. Yeah. Um, or at least that Meridian New World is. Yeah. So Meridian is a game we don't uh, we don't review or indeed we don't see a lot of in the. the the here and the now. It's an RTS. It's a real-time strategy game. Pretty purely so. A lot of them these days have gimmicks where they're partly something else. Or there are a free-to-play MOBA thing. Abomination. Well, MOBA is one of the things that is sort of not quite an RTS, but like... Yeah, MOBA is a... Right. A, it's like sitting right on the edge of being an RTS and dangling its feet into the water being something else. Well, don't well. MOBAs are a you know were birthed from the RTS genre, but right. they're not RTSs in them in and of themselves. But um, when it, like Meridian New World, uh, New World and Meridian Squad Twenty Two are classic vanilla RTS games. Um, like in the vein of Starcraft. Well, I I was about to say sort of. They're actually cut down RTSs, and I'll. I'll get this uh, uh, out of the way right now. The biggest problem I had with Squad 22 was um, it's single-player only. And you can only play as one faction, if you will. I'm like... Where a lot of the longevity in most RTSs is having multiple factions and being able to play against other people. Yes. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know... One of the things that popularized Battle.net from Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's missing, like, two of the most popular features of RTSs, you know, for the past 20 years. You know, hell, 25... Hell, uh, go, you could even say going back to the beginning of the RTS genre. Mm-hmm. You know... You're, Which, this is a genre that started when they were doing strategy games and figured out that they could do things fast enough for things to be in real time instead of taking turns. Yes, yeah, sort of. But uh, the ultimate point here is, if you're looking for a, a purely, you know, the full experience of an RTS, you're not going to get it with this game because, you no, know, seriously... Not having multiplayer and different factions is is pretty bad. Though it does have a few game modes and has a couple of things that I don't think you see in every RTS. But oh yeah, yeah. Now in terms of content, it's pretty good. Like uh, now, I think the main campaign mode is only about nine missions. I got up to like mission seven before I ran out of time to play. Because here's the thing, RTS missions can be very. Um, differing in their time uh, yeah. manifestation. Yeah, they can go half an hour or more on some of them. Again, yeah. I'm having depending on how terrible Starcraft here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are some there are some missions that are really short. Like those tend to be the the internal squad missions. Like uh, mission six was uh, mission two and mission six were pretty short. But uh, like mission four took me for fucking ever because uh. it's a twenty minute survival mission. And of course, you know, at it was you know at certain points if you didn't plan correctly, you know you'd be fucked. So there was a lot of save reloading in that one. And I'm terrible oh, at this kind of game, but the first mission took me 49 minutes. Yeah, the the, the point is. Well, the first mission in the intro yeah. stuff. But and I took a look at the other two mission types. Um, you have a conquest mode, which is. Um, Kind of like I want to say risk or conquest mode reminded me of the it's, campaign mode in Simant, where there's like a world map, yeah, of which each in this case hex mm-hmm. is its own RTS right um, mission or thing where you like I imagine that's somewhat turn based in that. You, I like, take turns going into things and doing things, or... Well, it, it, I think I saw this in some of the uh, some of the Warcraft Dawn of War spinoffs mm-hmm. or um, uh, expansions, but, yeah, it's like you're trying to take over... You know, it, it's like the name says, you're trying to basically take over the map, and each move is a battle, and you do... And, you know, you do the RTS thing in each hexagon. Admittedly, I... Not- really have a lot of time to play that one. Or the I would I would imagine, although I cannot say for sure, that at some point uh, enemy forces might try to take over hexes that you've already done. Yeah, I, th- I, I, think, I think that's part of it as well. Um, and anyway, uh, you also got squad missions, which are um, limited, uh, like you're limited to like a few units, and a few like you have a set unit t- uh, count and a set unit type. Like the fir- like the mission I played, you had infiltrator units, which are stealth units. It's like as long as you don't fight, 
or you're not up against the turret, you're invisible. Yeah. And I think you were trying to get a drone. It's like, yeah, in most of the missions, you're outside, yeah. and you can produce factories to drain resources and produce things. So, like, the classic StarCraft, like RTSs, mm-hmm. uh, the squad, smaller squad missions, I believe you're mostly inside, and you're... It's more like Final Fantasy Tactics level combat, where the... Mm. I don't think the units are individually more different, but they're more <laughs> focused on individual people. No, it's people. not Final Fantasy Tactics. No. I'm just talking about the scale of it, where you're like no, focusing it, on individual people. No, it, it's even smaller than that. It, it's more like a squad shooter. Okay. You know, it's like than anything else because that's probably a better example. I haven't played those, so I wouldn't have thought of that comparison. Yeah, it's more like I'm like I'm trying. Uh, it's more like say an alien shooter, vengeance, or uh, that like, new uh, what's the word? Or a yeah, like, or I'm trying to remember, uh, like the Shadowlander series, or I'm trying to remember. It's like, um, hang on, let me. Uh, a Shadowgrounds. It, it, that's what it reminds me of. I was thinking that that new XCOM, or at least uh, the missions in that one XCOM. Yeah. Yeah, sort of more like XCOM, like maybe the earlier XCOM. It's really, really um, scaled down. Like, you're, yeah. all, you know, and it's nowhere near as hard as, uh, like, an XCOM game. Oh, yeah, and it wouldn't have, not, I'm not, the base management or any of that stuff, just just the uh, level of the, the missions, the squad shooting missions. Yeah, uh, I'm like, yeah, and your outside missions are... Very, very, um, uh, they're very bog standard RTS. If I'm gonna be honest, explore the map, find the things on the map that let you upgrade your tech tree to upgrade your tech tree. Except for that, except for that, because the tech tree is probably the most unique feature of this game because it's not an actual tech tree in the sense that, um, you know. You go. You have to build a specific building in order to research a specific unit. Oh yeah, it's not a very it's not a very linear tree. It's a very yeah. square grid. Yeah, it's a very it's a it's a lot bigger than your uh, usual tech tree as well. And you upgrade it bec- uh, by finding icons, uh, you know, uh, on the map, you know. which represents resources or interesting things that are used to develop the technology. Pretty much, your, your resources are. That's another thing. You only have, like, one kind of resource here. Well, there are three, but one of them is got from the environment, and the other one's kind of come no, semi-automatically. No, actual building resource, you only have one in sharding. Right. Yeah. And your tech tree resources are, I don't know, video game icons of some sort? Yeah. No, it's like in their defense, um, uh, offense, and yeah, attack, defense, and economy. Economy, yeah. You know, and they're pretty, uh, they're pretty elaborate and expansive. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, and you don't have to build a a specific building to get higher units. You have to plan, you kind of have to plan out what you want to do. 
yeah, there's only one kind of factory and one kind of barracks, both of which which produce whatever mechanized and infantry units you can produce. I, w- I will admit, I liked this, uh, I liked this, because I, I was never a big fan of the, hey, you've got to build, you know, a church in order to get a higher um, unit of holy warrior kind of deal. Or you've researched, air, you've researched a new level of fighter jet, now go build yourself some airports so you can't use it. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it, everything here is very streamlined. For the good and for the bad, you know. Yeah, and like we said, there the main resource is for your development is shardium that you uh, dig out of the ground from a mine, or you get and then build drones to pick up from deposits on the surface. Yeah. Uh, there is also food and power, which uh, I think most of the things actually basically regenerate those, like yeah. the mine and stuff regenerates food. Okay. and power, and you can increase your power by building power plants and stuff. But that's mostly just a limit on how fast you can build stuff. Yeah, that's a different kind of limiter. Like, you don't actively go out to grab um, those kind of resources. You've got, you've got to build buildings to get those kind of resources, which is another standard RTS trope. Yeah, I was, I was kind of weirded out by that because I kept running low on food and I was trying to find something to build to get more but mostly you just have to let it build back up right or you've got to build more like if you if you reach the cap of um, food um, power or even the amount of shardium you have in your reserve you can you have to build another storage unit or power plant yeah, I did notice. I did end up with my just my drones just kind of twiddling their nondescript manipulators at some points because I I had capped out the amount of shardium I could hold, even though there were like huge deposits still on the ground. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it's you know, it's pr- it's pretty. I have not. I'm not big on playing RTSs, but from the stuff I've seen on this, all of that is very. All of the play stuff seemed to be pretty basic RTS stuff, or pretty standard RTS stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that that's another uh, uh, flaw with the game. It doesn't really have uh, much of a personality. You know, it, like the the plot is pretty standard sci-fi stuff. You're, I'll admit, I crashed on the planet after being attacked by robots. Okay. Um, another problem I ran into in the game was I was having some issues watching the cutscenes. They came in all corrupt. The in-game graphics were fine and move, and worked smooth and all that. Um, but apparently this game has some compatibility issues with Windows 10. Um, yeah, with specifically with DirectX 12, which is the Windows 10 version of DirectX. Yeah, so buyer beware on that. But I'm like, the plot seemed to be very standard sci-fi. You crash land on this alien world, and um, your and the shardium is actually a plot point in the uh, game. I won't I won't spoil it. And you know, you're dealing with a shadowy council, and it. It gets the job done, but, you know, it's not... Yeah, while you do have disposable infantry and stuff that you make, 
There is a cast of main characters who are units you can use, but also have kind of individual persons and li- personalities and lines, and you can talk to them between and sometimes during missions to get little bits of background information or just to progress the plot. Right. Um, geez. Let's see. Um, the music and sound effects are there. Like <laughs> Another one of those games where <laughs> you're going to want to go buy the soundtrack or anything like that? Pretty much. Yeah, nothing really jumped out at me. It was mostly... Yeah. It's not silent. It helps. Sound but, effects aren't yeah. annoying. <laughs> uh, the voice clips got a little bit <clears throat> repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, when every single trooper, when they're created and when you tell them how to do stuff, says that they're Squad 22 at your service, you start wondering what happened to the other ones and why there aren't any. But um, I guess that's probably just the name of the entire squad that's assigned to that ship. So. Well, it's kind of like bad things happen to the other squadrons. Like, you know, you're, you're actually part of a massive colonization effort. Mm-hmm. So, like, Squad 22 is... Is, I guess everyone on the ship would have been squad on Squad Twenty Two that was infantry or whatever. Well, it's like one of, like I remember one of the one of the um, actual characters was like from Squad Nineteen or something like that. Uh, so, so the you know it, it's not just a random designation, but I'm not exactly sure what uh, sort of plot relevance it has. Um, because like I said, I wasn't able to complete the campaign in time. Sometimes that happens when you know when you're on a clock. But like I said, uh, now uh, the actual in-game graphics they uh, they looked pretty good. Like mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, pretty uh, visually impressive uh, game. You know, for a you know a budget RTS basically. Yeah, I turned the specs down so that it would run better on my not great visuals thing. And it still looked pretty decent. I mean, the units are still mostly able to be distinguished apart, even when they're in pretty big clusters. So yeah, I'm like the, that's that's the that's a, that's the really important thing. I would say that the the units that had uh, biggest difficulties and distinctions were the human units, if only because they're the smallest. Mm-hmm. You know, the vehicle units are all very very distinct with different sizes, different shapes. Human enemy, you know, uh, human units. Well, have less variation. And are also smaller. Yes. Uh, do the enemies get more varied later in the game? Because in the first stage and a half or whatever, there's really only, like, two. They do. They, like, you, yeah. You see, like, you're going to see more vehicles, and you're going to see um, air units and sea units. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, like, like, in Mission 6, I finally had to unlock... I finally got air units, and I had to deal with air units. Sea units, unless there's a mission that takes primarily at sea, are seem to be fairly useless. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I got really close to being able to unlock sea units, and I decided, you know, it doesn't look like there's any water here. I'm going to try to save up for air stuff, and like, uh, didn't uh, run into any to let me build air stuff. But yeah, well, it's like there was there there was a river in uh, mission four, and I, I'm like I'm assuming that that might play a bigger part in like maybe conquest mode. 
Like, I would yeah. assume so, since Conquest Mode seems to be at least a significant chunk of an entire planet. Yeah. The thing I have to ask about Conquest Mode is if that shit is randomly generated or, like, each mission is that, was actually, you know, created. Because I get the I get the feeling that um, conquest mode may be dealing with randomly generated missions because they're probably at least semi-random, like randomly selected from a set of presets with some variables. Well, it's the kind of thing we'll find out on uh, Thursday. And there are different uh, kinds of tiles in conquest that look like some of them might have, like it tells you whether a zone has re- particular resources or something. Right. And I suppose, that, you know, this is another dint against it, but there is no um, editor mode. Like, you can't create your own maps. Uh, that's another big feature of RTS games. I believe Meridian is the name of the planet. Yes, Meridian is the name of the planet. That's what, you know. And your squad name is Squad 22. Right. So, anyway, um, so let's talk about the pricing. Uh... It's currently fourteen ninety nine. Is that a That's cheaper than I expected? I think. I, I think th- it's it not like I think that's a fair price, but I expected them to be asking for more for it. I think that's a. I think that's about the maximum price you could ask for 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 an RTS this cut down. Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's like I just can't get over the fact that there is no multiplayer. Or, or, you know, there's not even the opportunity to play as a a different faction. Especially since there is an enemy faction. Yes. But you you can't play as... You can't currently play as the robot faction. And they have different and unique units to them. So... Yeah, I will say, if you wanted to pony up, like, $5 more, you could literally just get the StarCraft Battle Chest. Yeah, I'm like or StarCraft Two. I, I suppose if you're done, uh, I, I suppose if you're looking for a new, new kind of RTS, go with this. I'm like, oh, well, it's like even in the promo materials, it advertises itself as a single player RTS. I'm like, which I feel like if something with a little more meat, look towards StarCraft or StarCraft Two. Well, or if you're looking on Steam, go for like, um, you know, something from Relic Studios. Yeah. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about them. Yeah, it's like yeah. To, yeah, to clarify, oh. I I think fifteen dollars is fair for price for the game. I, it's just that I think that this is a genre where I would expect it to be pretty commonly things to be overcharged for. Uh, like, I, I, anyway, I'm glad that it's fifteen dollars because that seems reasonable to me. Yeah, it's like fifteen dollars seems like the. It's got enough content to sustain itself at that price, but I'm like, it's lacking, it's lacking the features needed for me to recommend it at like say twenty five dollars or thirty dollars. You know, if it if it had a multiplayer mode, if it had, um, at or hell, at least you know two or three playable factions. Um, I would say yeah, I would say yeah, that would be worth twenty five dollars, but. You know, Even if it was just an option to play as the robots who humans are invading your planet, get rid of them. Yeah, it's like that's usually what that's usually what's done in RTS. You know, uh, of course, it, it turns out that you know, there are storylines behind the robots. You know, but I figured there were robots. Usually, don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, so I'd say this is about six out of ten. It's a solid game, but pretty unspectacular when you get down to it. And like, you know, it, it, it's it's good to see that we have a, a new RTS in the world, but I'm like, I couldn't recommend it over, say, you know, the Dawn of War series, if you're really jonesing for a, a sci-fi uh, RTS series that isn't Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'll defer to you guys in rating, because seriously, I just can't into RTSs. But <laughs> Fair enough. Um... Uh, Twilight, your final thoughts? Um, as you said, it's, it, I'm also surprised it doesn't have a multiplayer option. And um, overall, this game, it's good, but nothing to write home about, pretty much. Yeah. See, and I guess I'd give it the same 6 out of 10. Yeah, seems like we're arriving at the same point of consensus. Like, mm-hmm. and just to clarify, I'm not saying there's nothing bad with the game, but, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum either. No, it's like, I'm just saying, you know, even if they're, even if they're a little aged, there are other games, there are other RTS games on Steam that I would recommend over this one, even if like it's age, expensive. Just, like Age of Empires? <laughs> age of Empires, uh, you know, um... Uh, Age of Mythology, Rise of oh, yeah. Kings, you know, so, you know, it's like your options aren't that, your options are pretty broad on Steam, believe it or not. And, like I said, if you're looking to support an indie developer, go with this. If you're if you're looking for a lot of single-player content, go with this. But if you're looking for the full RTS experience, uh, yeah, th- this doesn't have it. Yeah, I do hope it does well to encourage more people to make new RTSs because yeah. it is a genre that doesn't have much in it, but it also I, is a genre that doesn't appeal to me much. I'm going to assume that they did, they just didn't have the resources needed to make a, a multiplayer edition of this. It's because, possible that if they make a sequel, it could have multiplayer if this does well. Well, it's like that might... Or it might not even be what they want to make. Like, yeah. they may... Well, they may have gone with, we just want to make a single-player RTS for whatever reason. Like I said, this is the kind of information we'll find out on Thursday when we do our interview um, with Edie. Yeah. So, um, but on that note, uh, I think that will about do it for this review. Like, um, so we've got a pretty packed schedule ahead. Next week, we've got two reviews um, coming up. Um, I'll also note, right now, our review schedule is really in flux, because, well, like, for example, we got three games in one day, just, uh, like, uh, this past Wednesday. Yeah, we're basically getting ready for the end of summer, beginning of fall game push, so... Yeah, and it's also, yeah... Um, games arrive on my, uh, desk, as it were, um, sometimes randomly. Like, sometimes I'll get a, I'll get a PR notice from a developer asking us to review a game. And this has ha- this has happened, um, very recently. Anyway, my, anyway, so, and, uh, like, I, I'm expecting that we might get, like, two games from Bandai Namco, because we're interviewing them about two weeks 
and um, you know uh, we're going to be covering God Eater and God e- like God Eater Two is coming out on soon, and you know they still and they remember they said that they were going to send us codes of One Piece uh, Burning Blood when it was ready, and that's going to be released uh, September first. So this, this is just got kind of a peek behind what goes into our reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so next week we are currently slated to review Headlander and Oaklos. I'm like, and this is actually going to be a busy week for me because, well, sometimes I, I ask for four codes, sometimes I do not get four codes. Um, sometimes I only get one code or two codes, and that was the case with both games here. Um, so Headlander... You might know this one because it's the most recent release from Adult Swim Games. In conjunction, yeah, I've seen some promotions for this one. Yeah, and it was, and it was done in conjunction with Double Fine Studios. So this one has uh, kind of a pedigree behind it. Um, from what I understand, it's kind of a, it's a Metroidvania game with a 1970s aesthetic to it. Um, the gimmick of the name, the gimmick of the game is in, in that. Yeah. You are a head, and you go around and land on bodies. Right. And use them to do stuff. Right. And uh, following that, we have a review of Oklos. We did an interview uh, with Coffee uh, Powered Machine uh, last season. And indeed, I actually got to play a preview version of this game. It's a Greek-themed kind of RTS uh, dungeon crawler thing. It's, um, it's basically a roguelike by the way of Pikmin. No. Um, yeah. It's really unique and quirky. Um, myself and Twilight Winter is going to be working on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was the only one who got a code for Headlander. No. Like I said, sometimes that happens and, you know, you, you just kind of roll with it. Um, but I will note, you know, um, for devs listening to the reviews, the more codes we get, the better the review will turn out because we do this round we do this round table style and um, the more of us that play a game the more of us we, uh, that can actually talk about the game uh, varying hardware setup so if one person can't play the game we're screwed yes. we'll go on code. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean that almost happened this week because I was actually having a lot of problems running uh, Meridian here. Yeah, did you have to reinstall the game or something? Yeah, it's like the game wouldn't load at all the first time out. And um, I was, you know, it's like uh, I had to delete it and reinstall it and that seemed to have got it semi-working. Like I said, it still had problems, but um, like they weren't problems that detracted from like the actual playing of the game. Just like the actual understanding of the plot in places. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see. MSP should be on track this week. I, you know, I think we've only got about three more of those in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, and then God knows what happens. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. And then it'll be going on season break and or hiatus and or maybe stopping, but maybe coming back. Yeah, this is kind of where MSP... <laughs> it's so in flux, even we don't know what the hell's going on. Hell, even Mac doesn't know, or Mac changes his mind every fucking week. So. Yep. 
pretty much like the weather at this point. Yeah. Anyway, as far as interviews happening, um, August 24th, this Wednesday, we'll be welcoming Audi from Sekai Project once again. Uh, they just announced a whole host of stuff. Uh, it was like, I got two PR uh, notices worth of stuff that they just announced. So it's a good time to have them back on and see what kind of visual novels and uh, action games and all that stuff. And just for a note, I didn't ask for a visual novel because, yeah, our site's kind of filled already. Yeah, it's hard to do justice to a visual novel unless you have plenty of time to it digest it. Well, it kind of depended because I saw some short visual novels that I could have asked for, but, like, the fact that we're doing two games here and, you know, another game here, I'm like, I, I'm like I'll ask another time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we're not doing a Tuesday interview this week. We're doing a Thursday interview because that's what the dev ha- had time for. Um, I think I can be there Thursday. Yeah, so, um, 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 Twilight, are you good Thursday morning? My week is filled up this week, unfortunately. All right. Anyway, so yeah, this Thursday um, at morning at 11, we'll be interviewing Edie Tarsloy, or uh, Tarsloy? Tarsoli? Uh, I ain't looking at it, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, of Elder Games. They're the developers of Marine Squad 22. And I believe they're the dev house out of Croatia. I'm like, I might have played the name. It's like, I, I do know it's Eastern European. Yeah, I think you said Tarsoli before. Yeah, Tarsoli. Or Tarsoli. I literally, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Yeah, it's uh, T-A-R-S-O-L-Y. Yeah. Tarsloy. It's one of those things that I'll get when I actually hear it pronounced. But, Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the week ahead for Fragments of Silicon. And until next time, I wish you good gaming. <laughs>